Hey, thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. This is the Third Eye High Podcast. I am your host, JF Bay, and I'm just here to shine my light your way to help you find your light switch and keep your light lit. And here at Third Eye High, we deal with a higher consciousness of a flyer culture. As we continue on with the book report series, starting in so-called Black History Month, but I wanted to give some uh, real knowledge back to the people, you know, other than just the they give us for the 28 days of February, you know, the same uh, Black History loop they put us on. I want to kind of give you some dope books to add to your library to expound on your story, right? Because uh, American history is your history. It's your true history, right? And it can't isolate you and just say you came from Africa when you're original to the entire planet. So let's get into it, guys. If you haven't uh, heard of this book before, I encourage you to pick it up. It's by one of the authors, um, uh, one of my favorite authors. His name is J.A. Rogers, right? This brother's uh, Jamaican. And he's, he's wrote several books, right? There's another great book uh, that I'm going to add to the series to review that he also wrote. It's called Nature Knows No Color Line, right? And this this powerful book right here, A Hundred Amazing Facts About the Negro. Now, if you haven't read this book, especially, you know, like I said, the so-called Black History Month, but every day is your history, you know, and American history is truly our history, right? So the whole build of this podcast, I'm more of a, a researcher, I'm more of a our historian, right? Not a historian because we're not telling his story, more of an our historian because I'm putting back the pieces of our story, right? In its true context. But this book is very revealing because, of course, as we deal with history and we deal with research and as the saying goes, if you want to hide something from the people, you put it in a book, right? Today's, you know, attention span, nobody reads books anymore. So, <laughs> hey, you got a podcast where I'm going to read the book to you. So salute. You know, you got to kind of like the audio book kind of feel. But I, I encourage a lot of people to get back to, to reading, right? Because the power of reading, you get to go on a ride and take a journey through the perspectives of the author and the author's journey, you know, compiling this particular information for you to be able to disseminate, you know, some books hundreds and hundreds of years later, right? And the cool part, a lot of the books do the diligence, the due diligence, the research, and we bring the receipts, right? So we're not talking ideology, we're not talking speculation, we're talking about books that actually give you the receipts. So if you haven't added this to your book, I mean, to your book library, uh, you're going to want to add it after hearing this podcast. Salute to all my listeners on the Third Eye High podcast. So now, 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro, written by J.A. Rogers. And we're going to bounce around. You know, I'm not going to give away uh, the totality of the book because I encourage people to, you know, support the author and purchase the book. But... I will go around to some key highlighted uh, sections in the book that stood out to me. Now, when the book very first starts, when you open it up, it shows the contrast between a, a painting of Hitler and it shows this eagle on Hitler's head. But then images are worth a thousand words, right? This image that Hitler uh, depicted around Germany, where he painted himself with an eagle above his head, it's symbolic. 
but he got this from the original painting of the depiction of St. Maurice. Now, St. Maurice is the Moor. Now, all through New York City, you have a church named after St. Maurice, and, and, and the brother's complexion is very dark. So we're talking about the saints being of a melanated hue. Hmm. I wonder why the Catholic Church hides that. But even when they go over to Europe, you know, they worship the painting of the Black Madonna, which is mother and child, which represents masonry, ma and son, right? Because to start a nation, a civilization, you need mother because mother creates the son, right? Every man has a belly button, which means he was connected to the umbilical cord of the first life source of the creator, which was ma. So masonry represents my son, right? So now, let's get back into this. The oldest painting they have of St. Maurice, they have like a gold statue of him, and they also have this swastika symbol. But now, if you really uh, went through history, the swastika symbol was made to become evil, but, but it originally just represented the four cardinal points of the earth and the movement of the sun. So it actually was a symbol of peace that Hitler ended up adopting. And then they made it retro, retroactively, they made it evil all through history. But that symbol wasn't so. So there's a lot of things in history that was whitewashed, right? Turned to made out like a lot of the saints in all the churches, they tell you the saints are white. <laughs> but all of the saints, even as they speak of in the book, are of dark complexion. So we're going to go over some of these facts that, you know, have been uncovered in this book because all through so-called Black History Month, all they try to, you know, tie us to is after you niggas were slaves, then you became these inventors and, you know, the George Washington Carvers and the, the Garrett Morgan, you know, Garrett Morgan, the stoplight, you know, and all the Alexander Graham Bell, they keep telling us this, this short list of inventors and we invented things all throughout time. In fact... We were the people who brought the people in Europe out of something called the Dark Ages, right? Remember the Renaissance and you remember the Dark Ages? So if they were in darkness, who brought them into marvelous light? And that accredits to the Moors, right? Now we're talking about of the Moorish bloodline, which the Moors reigned and ruled all of Europe for about 800 years. But here's the thing. They whitewash even the term of the Moors because they have our people fighting, thinking that this isn't our identity when Egyptians, uh, Hebrews, the, the Christians, the Moors, uh, the, the, um, the Phoenicians, all of these are different terms of melanated people. And if I just give you a reference point of like, you was a slave at this particular time, you're only gonna start your story from there. So this is why they give us that loop of the 28 days. And February is the most powerful month because you got the 28 days corresponding with the cycles of the moon and the 28 days corresponding with the cycle of the woman. See, this is very significant why they give you so-called black history in February. And February, we're talking about to the age of Pisces, right? We're, we're now stepping into the age of Pisces, which represented the two fish which was the story of Yahshua in the Bible, right? Where he fed the multitude with a loaf of bread and two fish. Well, all he did was give a fish fry for the hood. He said, everybody pull up. You know what I'm saying? He fed the hood and made fish sandwiches and gave them that daily bread. 
if you understand the esoteric story. So now Pisces represents the age of believing. So if I get you to believe all you were were a slave, and I just keep reiterating this short list of inventors and they were ex-slaves and then they created all these great, great inventions for white people, when it goes to say that the only thing America ever invented was the patent office, <laughs> where they stole many of our ancestors' inventions and registered under their, under their own names. So I say that to say this. We're deprogramming ourselves by seeking out the information because knowledge is an endless pursuit, 360 degrees, right? It's, it's an ongoing quest that never ends until you leave this physical. So we, we all have to grab a hold of our version of truth, right? You, you can't just, you know, run through school in terms of history and history classes, right? And which is ironic that things and the, the choices you make in your life will lead you on to different paths. Case in point, I got straight A's and B's all through school, right? I was actually bored with a lot of the classwork. That's like, I just like, man, this shit is super easy. Not that I was like some brainiac, but it was like I could snap together puzzle pieces and concepts very quickly. But when it became time to learn history, I got kicked out of all my history classes. I would have debates with my history teachers and not, not you know, all in good faith, right? I would, I would try to research some of the stuff they would teach, teach us in class and I would find inconsistencies. So then I would come back with my findings, you know, to my teachers and they would be very argumentative. They would be very dismissive. Oh, you're disrupting the class when I'm like, damn, dude, I'm trying to learn. Like, I, I think it's something wrong with the story you told me. So I found, you know, additional research to, to contradict what you're saying. So long story short, I figured out very early on that we were being indoctrinated. So I would disrupt the class. Not because I was a class clown, because like I knew the download they was giving us was detrimental. You know, I knew that it was gonna fuck up our scope or our perspective of how we see the world and how we see ourselves in the world. So I end up, you know, graduating high school. I got my diploma. You know, I didn't go to a four-year high school. I went to, you know, an alternative school here, there. I went to a, a school on a college campus. All of this was due to I got expelled because I got kicked out of my history classes so much year after year and the principal looked at my transcripts he's like dude you know you're fucking smart dude like you know what I'm saying you got a damn near a, a 4.0 GPA and year after year the only problems we have is you in history class so the principal you know I end up brokering my own deal to graduate high school the principal says uh all right man I know you don't have a personal gripe with your history teacher and you have a point to a lot of the, you know, the facts you're, you're bringing up in class that he's dismissing. And the principal couldn't highlight the fact that, you know, this is their curriculum and they're not going outside of their curriculum. So principal said, I'm gonna make a deal with you. I'm gonna give you a list of books and I want you to do book reports on them. And you can add some of your own books to the list. And if you turn in these book reports, I'll see that your teachers give you the equivalent grade for the history classes. So I didn't have to take all the history tests or none of that shit. I did my own independent research and book reports on books he suggested and books I also added to the list. So that worked out for me very well. But it led me on to this walk I'm doing now, right? Like doing this 
who would ever know I'm doing this podcast and we're doing book reports, right? And a lot of people in school, they couldn't stand doing a book report. But I was exposed to a lot of great books early on that if they were teaching the real shit in history class, I would have been there with perfect attendance, right? If they was really trying to educate us, a lot of us would excel in a lot of these classes. So pay attention to your kids, why they disrupt in a class and why they can't sit still because they don't want to be miseducated. You know what I'm saying? It's something in their spirit to say, yo, this is bullshit. And I ain't trying to get the downvote. So a lot of books, you know, I gravitated towards and I was able to find our people's real story or at least, you know, different fragments of it. Right. Because the story is still being uncovered. But early on, I found out that that slavery story was all bullshit. And I started to dig, you know, not to say that our people weren't enslaved. Let's be clear. I'm talking about the, the timeline. And the millions of people they say they stole from Africa, that did take place the way they, they, they said it. And to uncover the true story, you uncover their real identity. So the first book I covered on the book report series, you know, if you haven't uh, listened to the episode, subscribe to the podcast, Third Eye High podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. But the first book I covered was uh, a book called White Trash, and it's written by Nancy Ensberg a Jewish woman that was talking about the 400 year uh, class system of the, the tiers of white, you know, these people became white and then they had levels to whiteness, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and this book was very, um, very key in ex- explaining this concept of race and where it came from. So now we move into the J.A. Rogers piece. So this is the second installment of the book report series. So now, 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro by J.A. Rogers. Of course, we know the Sphinx and, and, and uh, Egypt. The features are of that of a, a Negro, you know, but we, we're going to go beyond that term because we're God's chosen people, right? We don't even want to just tie ourselves into being the Negro or the Negroid race or anything of that. But for the sake of conversation, you're going to hear that term interchangeably throughout the uncovering of this book. 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro by J.A. Rogers. Pick this book up. So now, the white population of New York City is one-third more illiterate than that of the Negro race. Hmm. This was up until the 1930s. See, a lot of uh, misclassification of the times, right? Where, you know, all these people were just slaves and they came from, you know, Africa and they didn't know nothing and they didn't know how to write and the Ebonics and all this other stuff where a lot of uh, the broken English or the misplaced vernacular came from us hearing the way they spoke, you know, like (laughs) the the whites of the South, you know, go go on and bring that bale of cotton over here, bring it yonder. They would make these funny ass words up and This was their English. So we would try to converse with them and a lot of our English would become broken. But we don't speak the Queen's English, right? We we speak with a little flavor to our shit. So to understand that all the way up to the 1930s, many of our people of a melanated hue could read and write. See, this is why they had to give you that that slavery myth. You know, if you kill a slave, if they learn how to read. Many of us taught these whites how to read. 
See, they're not going to give you that same game. See, you could be in a conversation with a few, you know, so-called whites, and they could be talking about Seinfeld. Now, if you ain't watched Seinfeld a day in your life, you're not going to understand the jargon of the TV show. So it might sound like they're having a profound conversation. That shit is over your head. And they might just be talking about a dumbass segment they saw on the TV show. But understand that term jargon, right? Jargon. Because if you're not familiar with the terms, you can get lost in the language. Doesn't mean you're stupid. Doesn't mean you're unintelligent, right? So this was the trick that a lot of them pulled, that they would have on the surface sophisticated seemingly conversations that if we're not privy to, it seems like they, you know, talking rocket scientists to us. But not so. And of course, they, you know, speak about him in black history, but they don't give the credit enough to Benjamin Banner. The brother was a master mason that created the almanac, right? Now, Benjamin Banneker was a Negro astronomer who made the first clock in America in 1754, right? Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin Banneker Bay, right? If you want to, you know, go, go deeper into the history of this. So the word coffee. Right now, you know, everybody salute to everybody to go to Starbucks. Right. And, and one of their best selling coffees in Starbucks is their Ethiopia roast. Right. They got they sell coffee from Ethiopia. It's a very popular seller. I wonder why the term coffee itself comes from the Kaffa in Ethiopia, where it was first used, where it is still grown wild today. So coffee comes from Egypt. The, the original, you know, inception and the idea and and excuse me ethiopia and you know try it anybody drink starbucks coffee go there and get you that uh ethiopian uh roast and i guarantee you that'll be your favorite coffee you'll keep drinking it it's the most natural of the coffee even better than that shit that comes from colombia and any other place but coffee originates ethiopia George Washington sent a Negro slave to Barbados to be exchanged for a hogshead of molasses, a cast of rum, and other good old spirits in 1776. Now, keep in mind that George Washington was a so-called general at the time, right? This is before he becomes president. And he had a lot of uh, melanated generals that helped him navigate. In fact, helped him win a lot of battles. A lot of this stuff is hidden. See, they'll, they'll show you a lot of their people being these great leaders and, you know, these great generals and fighters. And a lot of this stuff is whitewashed. A lot of these battles will never be won without our people being in the picture. See, when I say it's no such thing as black history because American history is our history. Who are the true Americans? Now, if you were to look at Webster's uh, Merriam Dictionary, 18, 1878, you would find the true definition for American, which was the copper-colored natives here before Columbus arrived, later applied to the descendants of Europeans. This was the definition in Webster's Merriam Dictionary in the 1800s for American. Later changed to the descendants of Europeans. I wonder why. You ever heard of the term uh, pilgrims and Indians? Right. So who were the pilgrims? They, they were the, the landless ones that came over here to find land and new opportunity. And the so-called Indians were you. We're gonna go over that too, because the Seminole Wars in Florida and all this stuff they were fighting, these Indians they were fighting were your people. See, 
if I tell you that you were another name, I separate you from the group. And now you think they're fighting these other people for land when you were the indigenous people, the original inhabitants on the land before they arrived. We're going to go into it. I got some great books for this book report series. You know, I got a book on Columbus's diary and he speaks of the people he saw when he showed up here. Right. All of this stuff is documented in history. But if I keep showing you slave movies, that's your only reference point. And all of the, the truth gets buried and lie gets sold. Let's continue on. 100 amazing facts about the Negro. The Negro arrived in the New World free of tuberculosis and syphilis and other venereal diseases. Livingston, the famous uh, African uh, missionary and a medical doctor, says syphilis dies out in the African interior. See, that's why you, you ever hear the terms like syphilis. You don't hear of so-called melanated people, so-called black and brown people catching that shit. It's, it's always something of a European race. In fact, the only time our people contracted syphilis in large numbers, they were purposely injected by the U.S. government. Anybody heard of the Tuskegee experiment where they purposely ingest, injected brothers with the syphilis uh, disease? So to show you that a lot of these diseases in this country, <laughs> look at COVID, people are injected with these things, right? Because many of the people don't understand the term shedding. Many of the people that got the vaccines, you were in fact injected with a virus that wasn't airborne. Because if it was an air, it was airborne, millions of people would have died from it. Even after they came out, you know, when we said it was bullshit, they said, uh, I think we might have overcounted the cases. Don't say. But goes on to say here, he says syphilis dies out in the African interior. It seems incapable of permanence in any form in persons of pure African blood. Syphilis originated in Europe in 1494 when there was a great epidemic of it. As this were, was two years after the discovery of the New World, it was erroneously to believe to be have brought back by the sailors of Columbus. Hmm. So they saying this syphilis thing goes all the way back to Columbus and, and these dirty sailors. The Negro was the first artist. The oldest drawings and carvings yet discovered were executed by the Negro over 15,000 years ago in southern France, northern Spain, Palestine, South Africa, and India. The drawings are on rocks, the carvings on bones, basalt, and ivory. So we understand, you know, the Renaissance period and, of course, remember the Dark Ages in Europe. The, the Moors brought, you know, the, the so-called white people out of the caves out of darkness into marvelous light, right? We, we, we civilized them. And this is where arts and music and all this stuff came from. Of course, Mozart was of a dark complexion, right? Of course, Shakespeare was of a dark complexion. There, there's a play, Shakespeare, um, the play Othello, right? Which speaks of a so-called black man, which is a Moor, Othello the Moor. And which is even more dope about Othello, right? If anybody have read the Shakespeare play about Othello, the movie Othello 
was created from Shakespeare's play. There was a movie called Othello starring Lawrence Fishburne. See, when they tell this story of Othello, they have to get an actual Moor, which is classified as Negro and Black, to actually play him. Now, the first movie of Othello from Shakespeare's play was played by Lawrence Fishburne. The second movie of Othello was played by Mackay Pfeiffer. And the movie was just called O, but it was O for Othello. And what happened? Othello, you know, thought his best friend was sleeping with his girl. He ends up killing his girl. Like, the whole story is retold, but it's originally from Shakespeare's play. But it speaks of Othello the Moor. Even in the Bible, it speaks of those of a Moorish bloodline. They even refer to our people before they called us Negroes and niggers and all this other shit. They refer to us as Blackamoor. Then they took off the term Moor and just called you Black. But black denotes to a people of an unknown origin because black has nothing to do with your skin color. It's actual legal term that means civilitaire mortus. Civilitaire mortus means your rights are civilly dead in the eyes of the law. How do we prove that? You have an organization like Black Lives Matter. Murder is a crime. You don't have to scream on the streets that your life matters. <laughs> that means you're, you're being treated uncivil by a group that has misclassified you. See what's going on? Now, we're gonna go into a lot of uh, books that, that really uncover the identity of the so-called white population because they don't have white skin just like you don't have black skin. In fact, they became white by way of the Naturalization Act of 1790 where they, you know, I pledge allegiance, they took an oath and denounced their other nationality from Europe where they came from and they became the American. Henceforth, the definition of American changes in all the dictionaries. But it originally said the copper colored races. Now, if you put a penny up to your skin, your skin is more brown, more of a copper hue than of a black complexion. Am I right? At one time, they called you a Negro. Another time, they called you an Afro-American. Then they said, oh man, they start wearing their natural hair. They're just Americans wearing Afros, Afro-American. Then they said, oh, they might figure out they're the original people of the land. So we're gonna call them African-Americans. But why, if you're so-called descendant of Africa, living in America, they call you an African-American? Okay, well, what about the people from Europe who are descendants of Europeans living in America? Why aren't they called European-Americans? Why all the so-called white people here are called Americans? Because they traded places with you, right? Now, there's a dope movie, if you want to check out, called Trading Places. It's starring uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy. Now, the movie opens up with Eddie Murphy uh, pretending to be a, a blind con man, a blind con man with no legs, right? On a skateboard, pretending to be blind like he has no legs. He's in New York City begging for money. But that scene represented us as a nation. People that are spiritually blinded, they have no standing in the political community, right? He, he was pretending to be on a skateboard like he had no legs, and we're begging. We have no economic base. Now, the movie was basically white stockbroker. There was a rich white guy and these two um, hedge fund managers billionaires they made a bet a bet for one dollar that they could you know turn this white guy's world upside down by just taking all his financial id away from him and give it to the black man 
So that's what they did. They made Eddie Murphy the rich stockbroker, and Dan Aykroyd was running around the movie looking like a white crackhead and shit. So to, to fast forward, the premise of the movie, the same two guys that were the, uh, the rich billionaires that made the bet to, you know, leave their lives in disarray, the continuation was coming to America. Now, the movie Coming to America starting Eddie Murphy. He was a prince in Africa, right? That came to America to find his wife. But he meets these same uh, billionaires that were in the movie cha- uh, Trading Places. They were now homeless. And remember, it's a scene. Eddie Murphy has a pocket full of money he takes from, you know, his uh, semi, his, his partner. The guy that was just blowing all the money, right? Anybody seen Coming to America? He takes the wad of money. He gives it to the homeless guys. The homeless guys run up to him. Thank you. Let's do lunch, right? They, they were ecstatic because he gave them such a big donation or, you know, some money to the homeless. But it was funny because he was the rich guy in the second movie. And these rich people that got wealthy off of slavery, they were bankrupt. But all of this is symbolic, right? Just I don't watch movies to just watch them. I watch them to decode. But I get back. I don't want to digress too far. But great movie to check out trading places as well as coming to america and you'll see that both of those movies run together right because in coming to america there was the first movie you seen a black man that had his face on the money but all through history this is why they had to counterfeit the money because they tell you all your people were were slaves but if you look at some of the oldest money you'll find your faces on the money how do they how do they explain that to you <laughs> that if you was just a slave, but the thing that's of mo- the most value has your face on it. And that's why, remember the scene when, when uh, in uh, Coming to America where the father says, baby, when I tell you, this guy has his own money. And he pulls out the money with Hakeem's face on the money, Eddie Murphy, right? So to get back to this, the oldest known representation of the human body is that of a Negro woman. It was carved by a Negro sculpture of Grimaldi race of the Grimaldi race from 10,000 to 15,000 years ago. It is called the Venus of excuse me, the Venus of Willendorf. Now, we already know that Venus, the planet Venus corresponds with the heart chakra, which deals with love. So we talk about the great mother. So they call this the Venus of uh, Willendorf after the places in Austria where it was found and is in the Vienna Museum. So you can find this sculpture of the oldest uh, melanated woman, so-called black woman, in uh, the museum in Vienna. Beethoven, the world's greatest musician, was without a doubt a dark mulatto. See, they hide that too. Beethoven was of a melanated hue. Now keep in mind, Beethoven wrote a lot of those pieces and, and, and it serves to say, look at a lot of our jazz musicians. Look, look at Jimi Hendrix. A lot of, remember, Jimi, Jimi Hendrix, his whole career was called the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Because a lot of the shit he played, if you wasn't at the concert or got a recording of it, you only got that experience right then and there. They didn't write down their music notes. See, when, when they start to write down the jazz notes and all that, that's when jazz got stagnant. Look at all our genres of music. When they get a hold of it, it's watered down. Look at hip-hop in its original form and look at hip-hop today. Hip-hop is watered the fuck down, right? <laughs> to where, you know, it's all cat in the hat rap. 
you remember it was a time where you know we knew like region by region but if you weren't a part of the hip-hop culture in the early 90s you didn't know what the fuck we was talking about right like i'm talking about like the average white community they didn't know what the fuck we were talking about the way we were creating double entendres and and triple entendres and and switching up the metaphors and we were we were creating new worlds so in order for them to circumvent that energy that god force they had to dumb down the music and how do they do it you pay you pay some of the dumbest rappers to say the dumbest shit and they become the top selling artists on billboard and then the artists that had real artistry they start to chase these awards and this prestige and they start to dumb down their message henceforth why we have the sound of music today it's going to always morph but but i say that to say this look at some of that crazy uh the crazy pieces of music that beethoven was creating you had to be a brother you had to have some flavor like just think of this most of the europeans the so-called white people they ain't got no rhythm Beethoven had rhythm. He had to be a brother. He had to have that melanin going through the blood to be able cuz cuz the thing is this. To catch rhythm, you have to hear the space within the beat. You got to hear the space that can't be heard. Now that's of a cosmic realm. You have to have the god particle in order to hear that space. Just think of the brothers in in, in the 70s in the Bronx when they was learning how to cut up the records and, and break dance on break beats all of this stuff was spiritual alchemy that we were creating creating something out of nothing so Beethoven was a brother for those that don't know now uh, goes on to say the Grimaldi race a Negro race lived in Europe as late as 12,000 years ago two complete Grimaldi skeletons are in the Museum of Monaco near Monte Carlo. Abundant uh, traces of their culture have been unearthed in Southern and Central Europe. See, when I keep telling you that I just stole you from Africa and you was a slave in this particular time period, I denote your existence all around the world, right? Because we were, if you're the original people, you're original to every continent simultaneously, right? But they got you thinking that you was only in this part of the world and then we stole you when you were the master navigators. And all through these wars, they couldn't get through these territories if they didn't have someone of a melanated hue to navigate those seas. So a lot of this, this history is fabricated, but it's all documented. You know, it, it's here for us to uncover, but it starts with you wanting to really know, right? That's why like, I would be disturbed when I watch these slave movies. Case in point, one of the longest running slave series is the Roots series, right? Alex Haley uh, Roots. When come to find out, the whole story was plagiarized. Alex Haley, in fact, got sued for upwards of almost a million dollars from a European actor that uh, created a book called The African that was talking about some slavery going on in Europe that had nothing to do with America. So Alex Haley plagiarizes this story called Roots, but then... CBS, you know, the biggest TV uh, uh, production company of the times, it's never been done before. This was the first miniseries on TV, Roots. This was a project to, to, to put our minds in a suspended uh, state of animation. So now Roots, they spend $25 million to create this series to, to tell us about our story. Oh, you're too kind. 
And this whole story is plagiarized. But it's crazy about when you steal something, you leave the remnants of the person you stole from in the art that you present. Case in point, some of the dialogue in the Root series, they kept from this guy's book. Now, one of the, the dope scenes I want you guys to check out, if you if anybody, you know, ever watched the Root series, Alex Haley Roots, go to the scene where Alex Haley, no, excuse me, where Kunta Kente, right, the so-called descendant from Africa was coming to the plantation, and he meets his handler, right? His handler was the guy Fiddler, right? Uh, Louis, Louis Gossip Jr. played um, his handler. He was the guy playing the, the fiddle, right? Fiddler, the old guy. And he was teaching him the ways of the plantation. But as he's taking him to the plantation to meet the other slaves, all of the slaves are lined up. The women have their heads wrapped up like the, the, the Moorish women, right? They have their, so they're showing you something, but we just thinking they're tattered rags and these are slave women. Nope. These were women of a high spiritual nature. But the group of women say to him, we we ain't never met a real African before. Of course, they use the you know the, the fake of uh, slave terms, but they said we never met a real African before. So all of the slaves at this American plantation, when slavery starting, this is how the Roots movie opens up. The groups of slaves said they never met a real African before. So they already had slaves in America, and they never met a slave so-called from Africa. So what are they telling you? That the people that were already indigenous to the land were being enslaved, misclassified, called Indians, all this other stuff to further distort the story. But let's get back. I don't want to I want I want to jump too far, but I'm very astute in this in this history shit here because as I said, I got straight A, A's and B's in school and I got expelled out of school because I got kicked out of every history class, but I still graduated at the top of my class. Because I would do this independent research and I would do my own book reports and, you know, made a deal with the principal and make sure I got my diploma. But I, but but it pushed me on to my path because I wanted to know. Right. Because I've been around, you know, I worked in the music industry. I worked almost um, six years for Bad Boy Entertainment, recording engineer. Right. So to give you a little bit of my backstory, why I'm speaking, how I'm speaking. And, you know, I was around all these people with the money and this, that and the other. And. Even as, you know, we get this money and this prestige and these titles and these Grammys and these awards, we still feel like something's missing, right? Because if I still tell you your reference point is your ancestors were slaves, whatever you aspire to, you're still going to feel empty because that's your reference point. But now you go into books like this and say, wait a minute, we was a whole lot more before that shit. In fact, they lied about that whole state slavery timeline. That's why they don't want to give the reparations because the reparations are going to be a lot higher. They stole more of the land than they did of the people. Let's pay attention. They stole the land from the people that were the original inhabitants of it. Going back to this here. There was at least 18 Ethiopian or unmixed Negro rulers of ancient Egypt. The best known, which is... Panaki, leaving his country in Central Africa, Panaki conquered all Egypt to the mouth of the Nile in 750 BC. See, even that the situation with Christianity and the Nicene Council, these so-called Europeans wrote themselves into the timeline of history. 
to make it seem like, you know, they own you and this and that. And when you were on the planet for billions of years before they were a thought. In fact, you were a part of their creation. What am I talking about? Hmm. Don't take my word for it. Use their own cinema. Use their own literature. Now, any of my listeners, are you familiar with uh, a movie called The Island of Dr. Monroe? The Island of Dr. Monroe. Powerful stuff. The Island of Dr. Monroe. Now, The Island of Dr. Monroe speaks of, there's two movies. I want you to watch the older one, and I want you to watch the later version starring uh, Marlon Brando, right? Now, The Island of Dr. Monroe speaks of this particular island where they were doing these experiments where they were splicing the genes of animal with a woman to create a new race. Henceforth, the so-called European race. Now, you have two kinds of species here on the planet. You have man and you have mankind, kind of like man. Hmm. Now, in this movie, this is their movie they created, telling of their own history. The Island of Dr. Monroe, they were showing all of these different variations of these species they created, meaning they were cross-mixing uh, the woman's egg with, you know, these different uh, cells from different animals to see what would take to create this so-called white race. Now, the Traverdite monkey nigger, which is the Traverdite nigger monkey, it's an actual white monkey that they use to cross-pollinate, so to speak, and create this so-called white race. Which is funny, why you look at, they talk about Darwin's theory that we came from monkeys when they're part true, meaning, we didn't come from monkeys. The so-called European race, the so-called white race came from monkeys. Henceforth, the features, right? Now, I got banned uh, two years ago, three months from Facebook for, for doing a live on this and showing actual depictions in books, drawings from museums, and they still banned me because truth is not allowed <laughs> when he's selling a lie. But to go back to this, there were... Uh, hundreds of thousands of so-called white people born in this country, babies born with tails. Tails, like monkeys, tails. They had to get their tails surgically removed. So now, tails and hair and fur, you ever notice that some group of people in this country are extremely hairy? I'm talking about hair on your back like a bear. Like, we don't grow hair like that. Only animals do. So there's a certain group of people that don't have hair, they have fur, just like animals. I'm talking about hairy arms, hairy legs, like, like a chia pet, right? Now, this is because even, you know, no matter how much uh, breeding and mixing and breeding and mixing, some of these features still come to the surface. That's, henceforth, a lot of them don't have the full lips, right? A lot of the so-called white women, they injecting collagen into their lips to get fuller lips because they got flat lips, kind of like monkeys. Now, you can't hide these features. Now, we're not trying to bash people. We're just trying to uh, come to the realization of history. History. Because before I, I even talked about this subject matter, the movie The Island of Dr. Monroe existed. And they show all these so-called white people, but the different variations of it, right? So this one particular scientist, now this all corresponds with the story of Yakub. Now, if anybody read something, there's a book called The Yakub Experiment. The big head scientist, Yakub experiment, where we, we grafted these particular species and race and created 
this so-called white race. So there's an envy, there's a, a disdain, anger towards the original people because when you found, when you find out these people created you, you're going to want to destroy them. So this is why we had this conundrum all through history because I never could understand it. Like, no, they really hate me because of my skin color. Like, that shit makes no sense. But no, they hate you because of the God particle, the melanin that's coursing through your body. Now go through, go through the podcast. I'm telling you, I cover a lot of extensive content. So now on the podcast, I have an episode about melatonin. Now during the 2020s, all through this pandemic, there has been a spike, billions of dollars of sales of melatonin pills. Now melatonin, we naturally produce that when we go to sleep, us melanated beings. Henceforth, melatonin, melanin. These so-called Europeans, they can't produce it, so they have to ingest it artificially. So they get melatonin pills. They take supplements. <laughs> you ever see a lot of them drinking tart cherry juice? It, it, it produces melatonin. Hey, gotcha. So the next time you see me in the supermarket, I'm the only brother with tart cherry juice in my cart, and all the Europeans are looking like, oh, man, tart cherry juice, grapefruit, grape, grape juice, all this stuff. Why do they drink all this stuff? Because many of them, they can't sleep. So there were high rates of insomnia during the pandemic. Many of them were committing suicide, uh, suicidal tendencies, tendencies, depression, etc. And there's been a spike of uh, melatonin pills being sold. Now, our community don't need this stuff, but there is another community that does. But here's another correlation, because I want you to listen to that episode, but I don't want to expound too far off. But the melatonin has to be taken from a live pineal gland. Now, they tried to say, oh, it's bovine. You know, we're getting it from cows. And cows do have pineal glands. But the scientists said you would have to have 25,000 cows to produce 1,000 milligrams of melatonin. So you would need 25,000 cows to produce an aspirin size of melatonin pills. But they selling billions of pills off the shelf. Henceforth... America is the place that has the highest numbers of missing people in any continent in the world. 800,000 people go missing each year in America alone, never to be seen. Again. And then a story comes out later where now they're going to try to pass a bill in Massachusetts where uh, inmates can get time reduced off their sentence if they become organ donors. Doesn't that sound like organ harvesting? You can donate bone marrow and get your time reduced on your sentence if you're an inmate in a privatized prison. That sounds like organ harvesting, doesn't it? Put a pen in that. I also cover that build on the podcast. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the podcast, Third Eye High, on all podcast streaming platforms. But back to this book, 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro by J.A. Rogers. Man, this stuff, this stuff is just powerful. So to continue on. Let's talk about the illiteracy and intelligence. The people of Southern Europe, Italy, and most of those Eastern European, including Russia, are more illiterate than the Negroes of the United States. See, all of these misconceptions that we think because someone is of a white complexion, they're more intelligent than you. And, and it's not to downplay their intelligence, but to show you that somebody changed your perception of yourself. Now, if you perceive yourself to be inferior, then someone that tries to impose a system of supremacy upon you, they're going to succeed, right? Because as a man thinketh, so is he. 
continue on. In 70 years, Negro illiteracy has fallen off about 80%. In 1870, it was 82%. In 1930, 16.3%. So in the 1930s, we dropped from 80% illiteracy to 16%. What is that telling you? During that time, we had a lot of our own schools, right? We had black schools, black banks, black institutions. We, we, we had all of this stuff doing for ourselves. So what changed? Oh, the, the, the need of or the illusion of inclusion where, hey, you guys should want to get an education in our schools. Somebody pushed that. See, our literacy rate started to jump higher, right? Look at the kids today that don't read or write in schools. Don't even want to write. Everybody's on their tablet, on their iPhone and shit. But we always loved to read when we had our own schools. But the minute, you know, remember the this integration into schools and the minute we started to being integrated, we trust our oppressor with learning or teaching us about ourselves. Now, if I'm trying to destroy your race, why would I give you some game to empower your race? That's not going to work. In fact, we had all kind of things moving. Many of us don't know that the banks, a lot of the, the banks, and in fact, all the way up to the 1930s, we had 100 black-owned banks. Up to the 1930s, we had a 16% illiteracy rate from 80%. So you're saying after slavery, we got more intelligent because we started to learn more about ourselves so how did we go from a people that had a hundred black banks in the 1930s and in 2023 we got 34 black owned banks shouldn't the number have been increased opposed to decreasing so what happened what did we all start chasing because most of the people that got degrees 80 percent of the degrees in this country are bogus fake transcripts so a lot of these people that, that are in debt to get these college degrees and all that, like, do they really have intelligence? I'm not talking about being able to regurgitate some shit. Do you really have critical thinking to where you can actually solve a problem? Now, as a people, we were solving problems. Now, they, they speak about the Black Wall Street thing, but we had Black Wall Streets. There were hundreds of towns that operated just like Black Wall Street. Black banks, black businesses, you know, black ba uh, bakeries. Black malls, black auto body shops, black restaurants. We had all of this, but it wasn't just a black, black, black thing. It was, we're going to do for ourselves. And when we were forced to do for ourselves, we were forced to work with each other. But the minute you got this integration thing coming back in, now I can be better than my brother or sister if I just go get me a job at this white company and get patted on the head by my white boss and, and, and move into a neighborhood around white people. Now, I got nothing against integration but what i'm saying is integration was used as a tool to stifle us as a people to where we're going to make sure you're not going to do for yourself you're going to be around us so much we're going to constantly monitor we're going to monitor how you shop we're going to monitor how you raise your children in fact we're going to monitor what your children learn henceforth the, the the declining of the public school education crazy shit 1930s we had a hundred black owned banks today we got 34 and that's progress 
so, so some of the bourgeoisie, the talented tenth, you know, the, the niggas with the bag is telling you, oh, what oppression. Ain't no foot on your neck. Those people will tell you we made progress. Well, if they were marching in the 60s, why are you still marching in 2023? Because you're still talking about someone treating you civil. But if you're free and you're a man and you have your rights, you're not asking somebody to be civil. You're going to carry out justice accordingly if they trample upon your freedom, just like everyone else in this country, right? They got a right to bear arms and all this other stuff, but only when it applies to other races. When it applies to us within ourselves, we're an angry black militia. We're an angry black mob. When that term black angry mob came from white people, Ask Emmett Till. Angry whites dragged a 14-year-old kid out of his house off a lot. Salute to his mom that wanted to have an open casket to show the face to the country that they put on Time Magazine to show what they did to this kid. But but I digress, because I don't want to just keep pulling us back into that time machine, but I'm telling you, this was an idea created and pimped upon systemically throughout this country. And we can't overlook it. We can't say we're not going to talk about it. And this is why I do episodes on the podcast of the book reviews to show people the truth isn't hidden. It's in the books because it takes time to actually read something. But if you watch a movie, another slave movie, you're going to be forever suspended in that timeline and you're just going to be angry. So why do you keep putting out movies to reinforce our anger, but you never tell us the truth about our story? We haven't even received an apology from this country, let alone reparations. So it's my job to keep this work going because it's going to be some young kids that hear this podcast that get lit, that 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 are disrupting history classes just like I did because they know it's a lie. IAB, say it with me. IAB, it's all bullshit. They know it's bullshit. We're getting back to this, man. Powerful book, man. Afro-American literacy in three is three times higher than the white ones. Nevertheless, where certain states are matched against certain others, they are surprising comparisons. For instance, the Negroes of California, Minnesota, New York, Nevada, South Dakota, Oregon, and Washington are less illiterate than the native whites of the white uh, parentage in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, New York, Minnesota, Oregon. Negroes of these seven states are less illiterate by 100 to 400 percent than the foreign-born whites of all the states, save one. So do you see what's going on here? When they started to give these land subsidies and these farming grants to these poor white communities, they took on the illusion of prestige. They took on the illusion of my family came from money. Now, you're going to tie money with education, right? You're going to think that someone that has money, they're educated. When they were pimping off this new class, this was this new so-called white class that they created. But when you really go into it, in fact, a lot of uh, our graduates that, you know, were of high honors, many of them excelled outside of this concept of a HBCU, right? The minute we start going to these so-called historically black colleges, which are spy centers, 
for the government that basically keep tracks and tabs on certain people to make sure they don't excel and they get you all into these fraternities and these and these sororities and all of this stuff is Masonic influence because it's just to usurp some of those great minds to make sure they will never help out the rest of their community and we'll give them a you know a little high honor in our society or this and that so it's just basically keep some token blacks around us but a lot of these HBCUs they're not pushing the envelope they're, they're, in fact they're fucking dumbing us down and that was the great sellout that we thought we went to one of these in fact all of the historically black colleges none of them are founded by so called black people with exception to Morehouse College now Morehouse College was founded by anybody know the group Mob Deep the rapper Prodigy his great grandmother founded Morehouse College a lot of people didn't know that I didn't know that to some years and actually working with the brother Prodigy in the music industry to actually have that conversation with his great grandmother founded Morehouse College so now let's continue on and they keep saying and we didn't have anything in fact my great great uncle founded an entire town in maryland called brownstown named after my family i have the family scroll with his name on it to prove it it was a town three years after slavery 1868 owned by my family's name that's now public domain stolen by the city turned into a park and all this other shit how many other people in our lineage how many of our families have stories like that where their land was confiscated by the government stolen right out from under their feet see this is why they had to tell you this you came from Africa story because then they would have to uh, forfeit a lot of the lands that they fraudulently confiscate from our people a lot of this shit was perpetrated through the census bureau now they listed a lot of us as ex-slaves on the census records but there was a fire in 1895 where they destroyed all the census records that had listings of free so-called black people free people that own land acres and acres of land they burnt the census records and then 10 years later the new recording said all these people were ex-slaves when they were all free people see there's a great travesty taking place and this is why that critical race theory and all that that argument they're having because if i can keep pushing watered down history to your kids i never present the real truth to them I never give them that spark to want to know the truth. This ain't about racism and nah, this is about getting the story right, telling the truth. Telling the truth. Goes on to say, in the United States Army intelligence tests during World War One, the Negroes of Pennsylvania, New York, Illinois, and Ohio led the whites of Mississippi, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Georgia by uh by from one to seven percent now it's crazy right before the 9-11 thing took place i was thinking about going to the marines i in fact i scored the highest in the country on the asvab test i forget what my scores were but the recruiter kept coming to my neighborhood like every fucking week like i said yo dude i smoke weed i can't pass the physical i was just bullshit i'm like man this 9-11 thing was gearing up and i'm like man i'm not 
going to no fucking Marines and they send me to, to fight a war that I don't believe in. So I was kind of battling with that. But I scored the highest in the country on the ASVAB test. Recruiter just kept coming back to the crib like, dude, man, yo, we don't care if you smoke weed, man. We'll we make sure you, you pass the physical. I said, man, I got a little record. You know, I had a few charges back in the day, got expunged, but they like, man, we could wipe your whole record clean. They were adamant in trying to get me into the Marines. I wonder why. Then you study the Marines and the Navy was created because they fought the Moors in Africa. They didn't have a Navy before the Barbary pirates was rounding up these white slaves and white ships and enslaving these white people in Africa. Hmm. And they had to fight these so-called Barbary pirates. And this is how they created their Navy. In fact, there's a ship city called the Intrepid. Now that was a ship stolen during the Barbary uh, slave trade wars and given as a gift to America by France. A lot of people didn't know that. A lot of this history is all around us, you know, especially in, in you know, the areas where we occupy. Nice little piece of history there. But it goes on. I, I want to just bounce around because I don't want to give up too much of this book. But like, yo, this book is dope. Jews and Ethiopians. The Mohammedans believe that Moses was a black man. Their Bible, the Quran, says so. God told Moses to put his hand into his bosom. The Quran says then it came out white. The commentators declared that Moses' hand could have not been white before and that the miracle Jehovah intended was making the black skin white and then turning it black again. So now understand that that white could have been this light he was talking about that he pulled out of his heart. See, all of this stuff is esoteric. None of the stuff in the Bible is meant to be taken literal. Now, also on my podcast, I have something called the 40-Day Grand Ascension, where I give you 40 days of spiritual vibrations to help you raise your vibration. And I go through a lot of the religious books, and I, I pull back the, the spiritual undertones of the scriptures, the Quran, the Torah. I go through all of it. A lot of that's on the podcast, too. Let's go around. Let's go around. It's a few other stuff that stands out to me in this book. Here we go. The portrait of the Shepos shows his Negro strain. They're talking about a lot of these statues and, and, and Greek. And of course, uh, they speak of uh, Hannibal, right? Now, Hannibal is one of the most successful uh, generals of our time, right? All through history, you got a uh, military strategist. They all study Hannibal, right? Hannibal defeated uh, Napoleon and all this. And, and basically, Hannibal... He, he, he taught elephants, right? Just think of this, right? This has to be melanated people. This brother trained elephants to help him fight in combat. Now, you know an elephant with the elephant trunk. He taught the elephant how to hold a weapon in his trunk. He was fighting them. <laughs> he was fighting them on the backs of elephants. This is Hannibal going up mountains in combat. This is, this is our people. Now, they told you you came from that bloodline, but then they speak of Hannibal being that of a white man. Not so, because the currency that depicted Hannibal had a brother with nappy hair on the money. See, they had to counterfeit a lot of money and bury some of the old money systems because our faces were on the money. That's the little jewel they gave you in coming to America, where they showed Eddie Murphy's face on the money. But if I show you with some Africa stuff coming to America. Now, he was an African that came to America. 
Well, did you know that the Nile River connects to the Mississippi River? And we were doing trade and bartering thousands of years before the Europeans showed up? Of course, we were going back and forth. So I'm not saying that you're not from Africa. You're from all of the continents. But life didn't originate from Africa. In fact, there's pyramids older in America than the ones in Africa. See, they leave our consciousness suspended by just telling you that we stole all you niggas from a ship in Africa. Not so. I'm telling you, pay attention all this week. I'm going to be giving up some more books for this book review. And I'm building a story here. To, to show you that something is off with what they told us, why they got us so against each other. And believe it or not, 90% of the so-called white people that you see every day, they were too poor to own slaves of any color. <laughs> Many of their family members worked on plantations. A lot of them worked on the sugar plantations in Barbados and Jamaica. This is the shit they're gonna, they gonna hide and not tell you. But a lot of these so-called Europeans, they don't know their family's history before the 1800s because a lot of these people created new identities that's why they had to keep changing our name negro black colored african-american like, why are we the only people in history with like 10 different names that never tie you to the land now one of the great scholars of our time dr john henry clark he says there's nothing wrong with the word black nothing at all it just doesn't tie to tie you to a land a history or culture proper name of a people must always relate to land, history, and culture. He said, I didn't say that Cleopatra was black. I quoted someone else who inferred that. See, those, those paintings you see in Africa, because they are of a dark hue, that don't mean the people are calling themselves black. Black denotes to an unknown ancestry. Now, I get what you're saying. The, the cosmic black gods of e I get all that shit. That sounds dope. But I'm talking about politically, that leaves you with no standing in the rest of the world. In fact, look at someone that, that speaks Spanish. They will call you Moreno, black skin, before they call you Negro. Because Negro was like a derogatory term. We're not going to call you no Negro. You understand what's going on? Even your people of, you know, so-called Latin community... They understood that that was taking your lineage from you. So when a person say, oh, man, you Puerto Ricans, man, y'all y'all black, y'all say niggas just like us. They have cultural identity because they understood that when someone's to call you black, they were saying that you had an unknown origin, an unknown ancestry because they didn't call us black at one time either. But remember, they called you a black or If you were to look up black or they got some of the art and the paintings and the statues being sold for millions of dollars. So what happened to all these people? The Blackamores disappeared right when slavery started. Oh, so they just stopped calling you a Blackamore and just stopped calling you Black. And you forgot that you were a Moor. Powerful stuff here, guys. Salute. I'm just going to bounce around. I'm going to bounce around. I'll go to a few more pieces in this book, but I encourage everyone to check this out. Goes on to say, here we go. Oh, I, I got to add this on to, to the podcast. The Negro literacy in California is 3.1%. Minnesota, 2%. New York, 25 Nevada, 1.5%. South Dakota, 22 
Oregon 2.5, Washington 2.9, the literacy of the Native American whites, of white parentage, of Virginia 5%, West Virginia 3.8, North Carolina 5.7, South Carolina 5.2, Georgia 3.4, Kentucky 5.9%, Tennessee 5.4, Alabama 4.9, Arkansas 3.5, 7.8, Louisiana 8.2, New Mexico, and this is according to the U.S. Census records. See what's going on here? <laughs> A lot of these people hid their history, hid their family lineage, right? This is why we, we mentioned in the first installment of uh, the book White Trash, where there were different classifications of white. Now, when they called somebody white trash or they called you a scallywag, you was a poor, white, landless owner that didn't have the right to vote. See, they were racist against their own people. You don't say. Man, this one here is powerful. With regard to cannibalism in Germany, Hertz says the 30 years war, right? Anybody remember that in history? There was something called the 30 years war. Now the 30 years war that took place in Europe, there was a lot of cannibalism going on with these white people. Cannibalism. Well, there's a movie called Alive, right? You ever seen the movie Alive? There were these athletes, their plane crashed in a snowstorm and they were forced to eat each other. They were forced to practice cannibalism. Well, a lot of these white people that lived in the caves, they were cannibals. This is history. They even joked about George Washington being a cannibal. I don't know the factual uh, basis behind that story, but there were rumors. But let's go on. With regards to cannibalism in Germany, Hertz says the Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648. Remember, now 1619, so-called slavery started in America. But you got cannibalism going on in Europe. You got all these white slave ships coming from Europe to America. It was a lot of stuff going on that they don't want you to investigate. So they keep you angry. They keep you disoriented. They keep you arguing about a timeline that does not fit. So the 16, excuse me, the 30 years war, 1618 to 1648, brought such dire misery to Germany that cannibalism began to rear its ghastly head as it attested by the minutes of the town council of Radfick in 1636. This is coming from the town minutes they recorded or documented. Duke Charles of Lorraine maintained that his soldiers once roasted children in order to eat them and that they once boiled two old nuns for the sake of having good strong broth. Damn, they was boiling nuns. <laughs> wow, nobody was exempt. Uh, Bronman reported in 1639 that two children devoured their dead mother after she had died from starvation. And the Lord have mercy on us. Acts of this kind occurred daily here. A certain bailiff, Scuttle, reported in 1643 that men were being caught in snarls and regularly roasted. Race and Civilization, page 256. The Ethiopians of that time also used to make mumia from their captives and criminals. So they're speaking of a time where cannibalism was rampant and people were trying to survive. You remember even all the way up to the Great Depression, you, you had these poor whites that couldn't work the land. They had no farming subsidies. They didn't have any funds. They weren't landowners. So this poverty that we were talking about, right? That Emancipation Proclamation freed poor whites 
didn't free slaves from Africa. That's an illusion. <laughs> Go back to the podcast. But all of this stuff is documented in history. Man, that cannibalism is deep, though. That's that's deep. You know what I'm saying? They was really into that shit. You can't you can't make that up. Let me go into uh, Gerald Massey says of Imhotep, the child Christ reminded remained a starry-eyed, bejeweled blackamoor as the typical healer in Rome. See, this is why in Rome they have the statue of Saint Maurice. See, all around the world, they're paying homage to our people, but they're not calling them black people. They might have called them a Moor. Now, if you don't know that you're a Moor, you're not going to see the connection. You say, oh, that's just those people in, in Europe and those people in Germany. When we fought in all the world wars. In fact, the, the Civil War wouldn't have been won if so-called black people didn't fight in the war. Now, it's it's crazy how you know this stuff gets overlooked but to continue on jesus the, the divine healer does not retain the black complexion of iamhotep as in the the can the 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 canonical gospels but he does in the church of rome when represented as a little black bambino right the babe the, the black painting of the black madonna mother and child so-called mother and, and baby Jesus, right? A lot of these uh, European churches, they worship this black painting. I wonder why. Because they know where the source, right? Out of the darkness comes the light, right? You have to be of the darkest uh, melanated complexion to produce the lighter shades. Now, that was another uh, lie they told, that many of our people were raped during slavery when we can create all complexions of humans. <laughs> See, see it, they tell you this lie. They keep keep you further angered about your history, further uh, disinterested about the truth. Because I can get you angry about the lie. You don't even care about the truth. You're, you're too busy fighting the lie. Goes on to say, a jeweled image of the child Christ is a blackamoor is scarcely, uh, is sacredly preserved at the headquarters of the Franciscan order and the little black figure is taken out in state with its regalia on to visit the sick and the Christianized. The virgin mother who was also black survived in Italy as in Egypt at Oropa near uh, Bitera. The Madonna and her child Christ are yet conditioned in the little black Jesus of the eternal city. Surely the profound sigh of an ever warring world went up to heaven in the cult of Iamhotep, who was worshipped as the giver of rest, the Camite prince of peace, the light of the world. So all around the world, they're worshipping this image of the, the, the melanated mother and her child. But they keep telling you that you came from slavery and you was nothing. But they're all praising you as being the source of all civilization, the source of all creation. We already know the Bible depicts <laughs> what the Savior looks like. You want to argue that, but all the books speak of you. They speak of the, the oldest uh, Buddha has locks. <laughs> he got locks in his hair. 
all of these these uh, uh, ancestors of these different continents, they know where they came from. But then they always whitewash these areas to make it seem like you were a later visitor to these areas. Crazy stuff, man. I just want to keep going. I want to keep going because this book, and, and this book's a nice little little pocket read. You know what I'm saying? It's not a real extensive book. The facts he gives in this book, man, is crazy, you know? In fact, let's go to the Seminole Wars, right? And this started that because I was learning something in history class, right? They was talking about the Seminole Wars, right? The Seminole Wars that took place in, in La Florida. La Florida, over there where Grenada is, which was the last stronghold of the Moors before we went into bondage. So now La Florida, Florida, the land of flowers, where they were fighting the Seminoles, the Seminole Indians, right? And I'm like, yo, these people, the way they were describing them, I'm like, yo, that sounds like my people. Sounds like the people in Florida with the locks in their hair. And that's who they were fighting in the Seminole Wars. They were fighting our people that were misclassified as so-called Indians. So all of these wars that these white people was fighting through history, they was getting their ass kicked. But they was getting their ass kicked by your people. But they had to make it seem like it was some we're fighting for America when all of the, all of these countries were warring for America. They were slicing up the land for themselves. In fact, there's a great book to check out called Warring for America, where it speaks of all these white nations that was slicing up the land that belonged to the people that originally inhabited it. So now... If I owe if I owe you ancestral land, I gotta keep pimping off the story that I took you from another place. So now you're just asking for a couple dollars of reparations when the whole continent belongs to you. That's a different argument to have. They don't want to have that conversation. Let's go ahead, right? In 1836. Is that the, the Seminole Wars? Yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, yep. In 1836, the Negro wife of Ocello, a Seminole chief of Indian Negro descendant. See? A Seminole chief of Indian Negro descendant, which is one and the same, was seized as a slave. Ocello, in revenge, ambushed, killed, and scalped U.S. General Thompson and three other white men. Right? Remember they talk about the scalping of the Indians? See, they would show these depictions in movies, right? Where they would show these... Many of these people were white people playing Indians in the movie. Because image is everything. So they would have these straight-haired white people, you know, the white man and, you know, me, me, red man, you white man. You know, the little fake shit they used to do in the Hollywood movies. That was to give you a, a, an idea of a so-called Indian. So they could pimp off these white people that, you know paid the $5 premium, right? Because they had something called a $5 Indian. They would pay the $5 premium to be classified as a member of these Indian tribes. So you had the white people perpetrating themselves off as Indians and they would get uh, reservations and they would get uh, endowments and all this other shit. So they would get money from the government by pretending to be the original people of the land. And that's why they had to show you this fake image of these so-called Indians in Hollywood. But let's get back to that. One and the same, they were talking about our people. They just misclassified them as Indians. See, they had something called the Native American, and then they had the American Indian. Now, up till, you know, the, the early 1900s, they called our people American Indians. Then later called you 
an Afro-American. And they said, oh, these niggas wearing their natural hair again. They wearing their Afros, just being Americans. Then they had to call you a colored American. You see? And they just further, further took you away from your identity. But the Native Americans were the mixed Mongolian tribes that later came here after our people were here for thousands of years. American Indian, Native American, two different people. In fact, they had a, an exhibit in the Brooklyn Museum. I'm in New York City. They had an exhibit some years back in the Brooklyn Museum, the Museum of Natural History, where they showed the oldest extensions. They showed an Indian woman that had extensions in her hair. How many sisters you see wearing extensions today? So they had some ancient weave in the museum. Hmm, I wonder what people created that. <laughs> you, are, you are of a fascinated bloodline. But you got to know that your reference point does not start with physical bondage. It does not start with slavery. Goes on to say, right? Thus began the Second Seminole War. So we jumped off the Seminole War by scalping some U.S. generals, right? In Hollywood, where they would talk about the scalping, where you would take the tomahawk and basically chop someone's hair off at the scalp. They would do this to the so-called Indians, but we actually did this to the so-called white man. Understand the distinction between the Native American and American Indian. So a lot of the people in Florida, they classified them as Seminoles. Very dark complexion. Here we go. uh, Osella says J.R. Giddings visited Fort King in company with his wife and a few friends for the purpose of trading. Mr. Thompson, the agent, was present and while engaged in business, the wife of Ocello was seized as a slave, evidently having Negro blood in her to her, the pirate who had got possession of her body was supposed, of course, to be her owner. Ocello became frantic with rage from that moment when this outrage was committed, the Florida War may be regarded as commenced. The trusted Negro guide who deliberately led Colonel Dade into Colonel Dade, right? Dade County in Florida. A lot of these counties named after these these uh, figures in these wars, but they were fighting our people. So Colonel Dade, as in Dade County, into the trap where he and all his men, save four, were massacred in Louis Poncio. The exile of Florida, page 98, 101, 106, and 114. For fuller details of the campaign, the number of men engaged and killed, see J.T. Sprague's The Florida War in New York, 1848. So we get reference to all this, you know? Gotta get them receipts up. Man, this, this is powerful stuff. So a lot of these wars, they were fighting our people, right? And... A lot of the so-called people that were illiterate, the populations were these foreign immigrants, right? Because a lot of these immigrants came here by way of ship, opposed to your people that were already here. In fact, if you go to Ellis Island, New York City, they have a big statue of the immigrants getting off the ship. They wasn't coming here for a new world. Like many of them were forced out of their country and dumped here. The American experiment was like a toilet. Henceforth, the term white trash. Because the American experiment was supposed to be the toilet for the rest of the world. We're going to dump all our trash here in America. Crazy stuff. Salute, salute. Give thanks for everyone tuning in. I'm going to shout out some of my listeners in a bit. 
But but I, I just love going over this type of history because, as I said, I'm not a historian. I'm an our story, right? Because I'm uncovering our story. Because American history is our history. True American history. In fact, world history is so-called black history. World history is our history. But when they shrink you down to this 28 days and you think that, you know, all your greatness is just insignificant, they use February, right? February is the end of the year. 28 days of the cycle of the moon, 28 days of the woman's menstrual cycle. All of this is esoteric. The age of Pisces, right? I get you to believe that story. And I leave your mind suspended for the rest of the year. We all just trying to get back and trying to be somebody. That's why we're all quick to take a token from them. We're all quick to take a title and a trophy and some kind of prestige to separate ourselves from the collective. But it's never about me, it's about we. We are of a royal bloodline, right? Not because you know Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like that, that's not the royalty we're talking about. And a lot of those celebrities know a lot of this history. And they choose to sell you out. In fact, Beyonce, B-E-Y, of the tribe of the Bays. Beyonce's father, Matthew knows, very astute. Mason. They, they know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So you can only give up your royalty by being conscious of your royalty. They don't they don't just, you know, randomly pick these people. Uh-uh. It's something in you that they can use to exploit. But for what is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Man, this is this is dope. But uh they speak of, you know, the, the war with Hannibal and you know, of course, Hannibal being a brother, but a lot of the money, right? If you can trace a lot of the money, the older monies around the world, you're going to see your ancestors' images on the money. Now, last I checked, they're not going to put slaves on the money. In fact, King James was also a brother more. They, they depict the money in the early times. King James, the brother, has an afro. See, see they, they, they turn all of this stuff into a whitewashed conversation so you just get angry about it and you get dismissive and you say, oh, they enslaved my people. Hmm, not so. Not to the magnitude that they say, right? Because it happened. Because just case in point, you, you had the Louisiana Purchase up to 1804. So half of the, the country wasn't even called the United States until after 1804. That... That chops half the timeline of this 1619 story to 400 years, right? Because 1619 to 2019, that's 400 years. <laughs> so you mean to tell me you were still enslaved in the 60s? and Right. So spiritually, you were still saying that you were 400 years slave because the timeline is not realistic. There, were, there was slavery going on in pockets across the country. Yes, that's happening. But they stole more of the land from the naturally born free people of the land that later were classified as descendants of slaves only by way of the Census Bureau, which was doctorate records. Because case in point, a lot of the census they take, we still don't even be accounted in that. And in the census records, they allow you to self-identify. So if I told you that you're a Negro, you're a colored, all these new names I keep making up, I further and further take you away from someone that was probably listed as a free American 10 years ago. Now they're colored. Now they're a Negro. Now they're an African American. So it further takes them away on those roles when it comes back to tracing lineage and tracing 
owners of land and tracing uh, plots and, and land uh, deeds, which which happened. In fact, there were thousands of us who tried to make claims to our ancestors' money after slavery. And these white institutions, they came up with all these crazy tests. You had to guess how many jelly beans was in a jar. This shit was real. You had to guess how many jelly beans was in a jar in order to file your claim to, to get your, your, your family's money. A lot of the people that left money after the war, the soldiers that died, the family couldn't have access to the funds, the land that, that belonged to these soldiers. Because the white institutions were cra crazy. Well, you got to give us his bank password. And this, how would you know that? So they end up usurping a lot of this unclaimed money. This happened in this country. And, and, and it's not going to go away because I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to make sure the young people get these jewels so they can keep talking about it and they can talk about it with their children. Because that's what we're here to do. We're not here to say, yo, get over this. This happened. I'm not speaking from a space of anger. I'm speaking from a, a space of education. We have to give this knowledge to them because this is the wealth that these young people want. They don't want the gold chain. They don't want the car. They don't want the millions of followers on social media. All of that stuff is for the ego. Because what I learned working in the music business and being around all these rich black people that you just a nigga with a couple dollars, but you still a nigga. And a nigga is basically someone ignorant of his inception, his creation, his identity, why he was created, who created him, his cultural identity, and his identity in the world. Being ignorant of himself, that's what a nigga is. That was a, an invention that was only created here in America. And you could be a nigga of any complexion. Henceforth, a lot of these Europeans are still niggas today. Just perpetrating off. Look, look that up. The Naturalization Act of 1790. Naturalization Act of 1890. They became white by way of legislation. Powerful stuff. So I encourage you guys to pick this book up. 100 Amazing Facts About the Negro. The author, J.A. Rogers. Very powerful, powerful author. He also has another great book called uh, Nature Knows No Color Line. Now in that book, they speak of um, the queen, one of the queens, uh, Queen Charlotte, right? Which Charlotte, you know, Charlotte, Virginia is named after Queen Charlotte. And and she's on the cover of the book. Queen Charlotte looked like she could be Beyonce's great-great-grandmother. Very fair-haired sister. Very, very light, light complexion. But she's a sister. Because we produce all complexions. So, you know, there was, you know, some raping and mixturing of the races. But we produce... A, a, a super dark woman can produce all shades. In fact, my mother is light, very light brown skin. And I got sisters... Five shades lighter than me. I'm like one of the darkest in the family. But my mother and father is light brown complexion. So so to say that, to say this, there was a lot of lies they told us in order for them to create a new identity for themselves. So I encourage most of our people not to just, you know, boast about this black history thing and all this and really investigate that term, what black is. And, and, and understand that when I say you're not black, I'm not attacking your identity because black is a title denoting to status, just like white is a title denoting to status. And we both can agree that their skin isn't white 
and your skin isn't black. So what is going on with that black and white conversation? We're talking about class. Because when they became white, they started to get access to land grab subsidies, farming subsidies. In fact, the Emancipation Proclamation had nothing to do with freeing the slaves. Anybody has read the Emancipation Proclamation, I want you to read it again. Because it speaks of freeing all such persons held in bondage. All such persons held in bondage. Well, why didn't Lincoln say free all these niggas from Africa we stole? Well, why does he say all such persons held in bondage? Because many of the white slaves were freed after slavery too. And they were poor. Many of them 10 times more poor than the so-called black population. In fact, the Freedmen's Bureau was the first inception of this welfare concept where whites were the 99% recipients of the so-called first welfare. They got the land grab subsidies, the farming subsidies, so they got all of their money up and then looked at you and said, nigga, you can't get your life together. Y'all just ain't nothing but slaves. When all of these programs help their people, still help their people still to this day. In fact, 47% of the so-called white population still lives under the poverty line. It's all an illusion. To make it seem like you can't do for yourself and you can't do no better when you're comparing yourself to them. That all the while they're getting handouts to give them the illusion that they're the more superior class. Salute to everybody tuning in. I am your host, J.F. Bay. This is the Third Eye High podcast. We deal with a higher consciousness of a flyer culture. And I'm just here to shine my light your way to help you find your light switch and keep your light lit. This is the book report series. This is the second installment. As we continue on, I will continue to highlight some key literature that I want you to add to your library. I want you to pass this, this these books down to your babies. Give them the real jewels because your children... They want the jewels. They want to. They don't want to go jewelry shopping, right? Your babies want real jewels. They don't want to go jewelry shopping. Please know the difference between the two, because the wisdom is the wealth. I want to shout out some of my listeners. Salute to Cassie, Cassie Cage. Thanks for tuning in. You now got a follow for follow, Empress. Salute to Mojo. Follow for follow. Uh, Ray Davis. Follow for follow. Uh, Michael J, Dev, Dude Therapy, Terry, uh, Michael and Jill Leonard, uh, King Buchanan, salute bro, thanks for tuning in, Daily Shift, Smith James, Perceptions Today, uh, Zenith, Solution Strategist, uh, Chuckles, uh, Tarinko, Michael E, uh, Gibby Gibb, Elizabeth McClunk, Jade, uh, Jade, Orion, uh, Cezas, Roy, Reggie Wood, thanks for tuning in, Grunts, uh, North Star, Dr. Robert James Goodman, thanks for tuning in, Curtis James, uh, Mental Patient, Jesse, uh, Kenyatta Garner, thanks for tuning in, uh, Karen, uh, Cecilia Grace, thanks for always tuning in, uh, Ellen, um, Ellen, thanks for tuning in always, uh, Sudoku Moth, thank you for tuning in, Christopher, uh, Rose, Ali, thanks for tuning in, uh, Raya, Daquan uh, McKnight, Antonio Myers, thanks for tuning in, uh, Coach Nicole, 
fraternity and Abigail and salute to all my listeners listening live to the Third Eye High podcast available on all podcast streaming platforms. This is the book review. I am your host, JF Bay, and you spent your highest form of currency. I give thanks. You paid attention. So I'm gratefully grateful and equal compensation. I spent my sweat equity by doing the build and you paid attention. So I'm compensated. If you want to donate to the podcast in other forms, you can share the podcast. That's a donation, right? You can subscribe to the podcast. That's a donation. You can talk about some of the content you heard on the podcast. That's a donation. If you want to send a monetary donation, I don't have no outside funding. I don't have no corporate sponsors. This is all me. You can donate to the Cash App. Dollar sign Far Outflow. F-A-R-O-U-T-F-L-O-W. But as I said, you spent your highest form of currency. You paid attention. So I'm compensated and I'm honored for that. Until next time, this is the Third Eye High Podcast. And remember to always keep your third eye high. Peace, love, and more light.